0: Section 16 of the Medici, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Dick Bourgeois Doyle, The Medici, Volume 1, by G.F. Young. Lorenzo the Magnificent, born 1449, ruled 1469 to 1492, died 1492. 1. The first nine years of his rule 1469 to 1478 lorenzo the elder son of piero il Gotozzo, was only twenty years old when by his father's death he became the head of the family and succeeded to the rule of florence six months earlier he had been married as already noted to clarice orsini his three sisters maria lucrezia or nanina and bianca married respectively to leopeto rossi bernardo Rucelli, and guglielmo de pazzi were all older than himself while his brother gugliano was four years his junior his mother lucrezia lived during the first thirteen years of his rule over florence having been for several years accustomed to take a large part in public affairs he was better prepared than most young men of his age would have been for the position to which he was called so much earlier than either his father or his grandfather had been each of whom who had been over forty when he became head of the family in lorenzo the magnificent the abilities of this family reached their climax probably no other man has ever had great talents in so many directions in statesmanlike insight and judgment in political wisdom and promptness of decision in power of influencing men in profound knowledge of the ancient classical authors as a poet and writer who bore a principal part in the development of the italian language in artistic taste and critical knowledge of the various branches of art in knowledge of agriculture the life and needs of the people, and country pursuits. In all these different directions was Lorenzo eminent. The title of Magnificent, which has by common consent been accorded to him, was not due to any ostentation in his private life, for there he was notably unostentatious. He was so called because of his extraordinary abilities, his great liberality, his lavish expenditure of his wealth for the public benefit, and the general magnificence of his life in which florence participated so that his name is intended to bring to our minds not personal ostentation but the splendour with which he invested florence yet while lorenzo raised florence to be the most important state in italy set her on a pinnacle as the acknowledged intellectual and artistic capital of europe and increased the prosperity of her citizens to the highest point he has from later ages received unmeasured condemnation for a far-reaching change which he brought about in her government and for the creation in this jealously guarded republic of what was practically an autocracy it is true that his grandfather cosimo had yielded an influence in the state, such as enabled him to sway public affairs according to his will. But the position created by Lorenzo went beyond this, and was different in kind. In his case, it was not an influence, but a rule. Lorenzo, as a matter of fact, had a greater power of statesmanlike vision than even his grandfather Cosimo. He saw that the Florentines were too liable to give away to private feuds to be really fitted for republican institutions, while under an autocratic rule there was practically no limit to the political importance and domestic prosperity which Florence might be conducted. That he should cherish the desire that his own family should be the one to exercise that rule was not only natural, but justified the medici alone among the families of florence had shown themselves to possess the qualities which could successfully govern the florentines their power had been gained by those means which alone give a just title to rule while added to all other qualifications they possessed as a family a positive genius for pouring oil in troubled waters and getting men to work harmoniously together who under any other rule were ever at enmity this valuable characteristic which has passed unnoticed Cosimo, Piero, and Lorenzo himself all possessed in a marked degree. While it is one which comes out again and again in this family long after their time, Lorenzo, in carrying out this change, took a unique course. Convinced that an autocratic style of government was the only one of which the conditions of the time admitted, he yet did not follow the example of other rulers around him, who in that age were erecting thrones, their methods being force, crime, and treachery. Instead, he solved the apparently impossible problem of combining two things diametrically opposed, an autocracy and a democracy, and contrived to preserve the form of government loved by his countrymen, and yet to wield personally an autocratic power. Unsupported by any military force, he yet exercised absolute authority, but only because his countrymen well knew that no one else could produce such happy results. The Florentines saw their city, through his abilities, raised to the leading place among Italian states, made the intellectual and artistic capital of Europe, and daily advancing in a commercial prosperity in which they each individually shared, and they had no desire to kill the goose which laid such golden eggs. They felt that however autocratic was Lorenzo's rule, they had power to end it whenever determined to do so and the correctness of the view was fully proved by subsequent events while however lorenzo wielded an autocratic power it is necessary to bear in mind especially in financial matters that the governing body of the state remained as hitherto for the signoria the word rule or reign as applied to the medici although it is impossible to use any other, is calculated to lead to the supposition that they received the money raised by taxation, and hence to the idea, when we hear of large expenditure by them for the public benefit or amusement, or for the advancement of learning, that the money so spent was public money and that possibly the people were heavily taxed to provide it, all of which would be the very opposite of the truth. The money raised by taxation was received by the signoria and spent by that body in other directions. And that which the Medici spent on works for public benefit or on pageants and festivities for the amusement of the people was given from their own private fortune derived from their great banking business. The historian of this time, Machiavelli, speaks of Lorenzo thus. He governed the republic with great judgment and was recognized as an equal by various crowned heads of other countries though notice ably without military ability he yet conducted several wars to a successful conclusion by his diplomacy he was the greatest patron of literature and art that any prince has ever been and he won the people by his liberality and other popular qualities by his political talents he made florence the leading state in italy and by his other qualities he made her the intellectual artistic and fashionable centre of italy and in connection with these achievements lorenzo shows one notable characteristic though he had in him the capacity to do all this and was in ability a head and shoulders above all men around him yet never throughout his life did he show any arrogance that quality in uberti the albizzi the pazzi and other chief families of florence which the people had always so detested and to the day of his death though so admired by florence as the source of all her greatness remained always singularly free from this failing autocratic sovereign of tuscany practically arbiter of the politics of all italy treated by the sovereigns of france and england as an equal there is not a sign in him of that arrogant self-assertion which in one belonging to a bourgeois family would with so many have been an inevitable accompaniment of such greatness. Lorenzo did not maintain even the amount of state considered necessary by the president of a modern republic. No officials guarded the entrance to the Medici Palace. To every citizen of Florence, Lorenzo behaved and spoke on all occasions, public or private, as to an equal, while every historian mentions his marked courtesy of manner, even to the poorest of the people. Such was the young head of the Medici family, who at so early an age succeeded to the thorny position of ruler over turbulent Florence, without a military force to support that rule or anything else to rely upon but his own abilities. In his memoirs, Lorenzo himself describes the manner of his accession in terms that are almost comical in their diplomatic depreciation of the position to which he was called and his own ability to fill it. He says the second day after my father's death although i lorenzo was very young that is to say only in my twenty-first year the principal men of the city and of the state came to our house to condole us on our loss and to encourage me to take on myself the care of the city and of the state as my father and grandfather had done this proposal being against the instincts of my youthful age and considering the burden and danger were great i consented to it unwillingly but i did so in order to protect our friends and property for it fares ill in florence with any one who possesses wealth without any control in the government the contrast in lorenzo's case between the difficult conduct of public affairs and the chief outward occupations of his life particularly during the earlier part of his rule is very striking it was a period when the exuberant vitality of the renaissance was at its height And the first nine years of his rule, when he was from 20 to 29, and his brother Giuliano, from 16 to 25, was a time in Florence of constant festivities, of music, art, and poetry, of joy and laughter, and all the bright side of life. It was the fashion of the day to import into all the amusements an imitation of the classic times of ancient Greece. And the Florence of that time appears set before us as a city with youth at the prow and pleasure at the helm and full of all the life, joy, and pleasure of the old pagan ideal of Greece, set in a 15th century dress. Besides all his duties in regard to state affairs, and labors in the founding of institutions to advance learning, not to mention his own literary work, Lorenzo with his brother led these festivities, organizing pageants and other spectacles of the most costly description, permeated with classical learning and poetical allusions for the popular amusement nor are lorenzo and Gigliano to be considered as the sole authors of such a change from the old plain-living and high-thinking ideal of florence the age was one in which this sort of thing was in the air throughout italy and not in florence alone it was the way in which that portion of human need which in our age is provided for by theatres and music-halls was then supplied lorenzo has been charged with thus leading Florentines into profligacy. But had that been the case, there could scarcely have failed to have been evidence of some protest made by his high-minded mother, Lucrezia Tornabuoni, whose influence over him was, as we know, very great. The entertainments organized by these two brilliant young Medici took the form sometimes of grand possessions and tournaments, but more often of the most elaborate allegorical masks, lorenzo and Giuliano themselves designed the various tableaux into which every kind of classical allusion was woven while their execution was entrusted to the greatest artists of the day no trouble or expense being spared to make these gorgeous spectacles in which the times of ancient greece were revived before the eyes of the florentines as perfect and dramatic as possible the costumes and chariots were designed by the most celebrated painters the groups were arranged by renowned sculptors the speeches were prepared by the foremost classical scholars such as marsilio ficino luigi pulci and polizien horses dressed up in the skins of lions and tigers beautiful women posed as the goddesses of pagan divinity and poets wrote elaborate compositions in verse describing the meaning of the different tableaux in the processions nor were the young people of the time very unlike those of our day in devising pastimes of a yet lighter kind not to mention midnight tournaments in which fireworks took the place of more deadly weapons and magnificently arrayed processions by the young men to serenade the young ladies they desired to honour we have in a letter to lorenzo the year before a midnight snowballing match related the heroine of this particular adventure was marietta palastrosi the daughter of lorenzo palastrosi the young heiress who both her parents being dead was thought unduly emancipated because she lived where she liked and did what she would and those features are immortalized by desiderio's beautiful bust of her half princess half-way ward child with saucy chin and wilful hair writing in latin to lorenzo then absent at pisa his friend filippo corsini detailing the latest doings of florentine society says and whilst i am writing to thee almost the whole city is covered with snow tiresome for many and obliging them to stay within but for others a cause of much merriment and pleasure thou must know that there were together latieri naroni priori pandolfini and bartolo meo benci marietta's betrothed and they did say Let us seize upon the occasion to make some fine diversion. And immediately, at about two o'clock of the night, they did present themselves before the house of Mariette de Storosi, followed by a great multitude assembled from every part to make sport with her at throwing snow. They gave her a portion, and then they began. Ye immortal gods, what a spectacle! How can I describe it unto thee, my Lorenzo, in this feeble prose? The innumerable torches, the blowing of trumpets, the piping of flutes, the excited and cheering crowd. And what a triumph, when one of the besiegers did succeed in flinging snow upon the maiden's face, as white as the snow itself. But what do I say, flinging snow? It was truly a veritable shooting at a mark, and by most expert marksmen moreover marietta herself so graceful and so skilled in this game and beautiful as all do know did acquit herself with very great honour but the noble youths would not take leave of her until they had bestowed most generous gifts upon her for a remembrance of them and thus to the great contentment of all this pleasant sport came to an end marietta did not marry the hero of this snowballing match she married in fourteen seventy one to one of the calcanini family of ferrara and left Florence for the city of which Leonora Aragu became two years later the duchess. Well might Lorenzo write in his poems Quante bella giovinezza che si fugge tuttavia, chi vuol esser lieto sia, di domen noce certezza. Or in English, How beautiful is youth, which yet flies quickly away. Who has a mind to be joyous, let him be so, for of to morrow there is no certainty but lorenzo was not always planning pageants and festivities or engaged in state affairs many other things also occupied his attention around his villa on fiesole he gave small villas to the most celebrated literary men of the time thus gathering round him a society of literati of whom we are all told that their readings recitations and discussions revived a knowledge and love of classical learning for which posterity has the utmost reason to be grateful In his villa at Fiesole and in his beloved villa of Careggi, Lorenzo read with them the ancient authors, wrote Latin verses and poetry in the language of Tuscany, and took an active part in musical entertainments. A feast was held at his villa of Careggi every 7th November to commemorate the birth of Plato, and remarkable indeed must have been one of these gatherings of all the most brilliant scholars of the time. Lorenzo found time also for field sports, of which both he and Giuliano were passionately fond, rising, he says, at the earliest dawn, when the East is already red and the tops of the mountains appear to be of gold. And the remarkable thing is that notwithstanding pageants, classical studies, literary work, social gatherings, and field sports, there was no neglect of public affairs, but that, on the contrary, these were most ably administered. End of section 16.